0: Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. (laughs) Unnecessary Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q.
1: We'll get into cover three NFL news and notes in just a few minutes. But I threw out there the question on the Raider Nation listener line, also the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword r Who do you think we'll, we'll learn the most about once the pads are on? Maybe a sleeper player, maybe a position. 702-365-9200. Also Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Also threw the question out there, thoughts on the new play-by-play caller Jason Horowitz, who's going to be tag teaming with Lincoln Kennedy in the play-by-play booth. And uh, that's going to get started real quick, fast, and in a hurry. And if you missed the first hour of the show, you missed JT the Brick talking to the new, new play-by-play caller, you'll be able to hear that uh, on LVSportsNetwork.com. We'll tweet it out. It's been tweeted out a couple different times at RNR 920 AM. So a really good conversation with the new play-by-play voice of the Silver and Black. But uh, let's go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to our guy, Raider Evan in Marietta. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
0: Let me show uh, just a couple things. One, you know, I think the Raiders front office is playing chess, and you know, and we're playing a little checkers here. But uh, I'm not sure, if Darren Waller. If 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 you were going to, uh, if you think he's going to have a great year, you'd already sign him to a new contract. Um, if you wait next year and he has a great year, it's going to cost you more money. So my sleeper is Foster Moreau. I think they're going to do a lot of two tight end sets, and uh, uh, Foster's a little younger. I love Foster's attitude and uh, call me a little bit of a skeptic i mean darren's a great player and i hope he gets a new contract but until he gets a new contract i think they're gonna i think they're gonna throw a lot to foster in those two tight end sets so that's my sleeper um and uh, love your show uh i think uh, the raiders are getting a little more love it's great to hear but uh, um, uh we still get a lot of disrespect from the national media so I, I agree i appreciate you bringing that up but uh i'd like to shove a lot of those uh uh, comments at the national meet. I think ESPN picked us fourth. Every single commentator on the NFL Live uh, picked us fourth in the F.C. West. So keep on doing what you're doing. Love your show, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, Raider Evan. Thank you for the call. And don't worry, man. I'm working my way up, brother. I'm working my way up. And once I get there, the little engine that could. Once I get there, then I'll uh, I'll go ahead and give the Raiders all the love and and uh, you know call it how I see it. If I think that they're gonna come in first, I'll say they come in first. But if they're gonna come in second, second, whatever the case may be, uh, I'm gonna let it be known. No, oh, man. Hey, baby steps, right? I'm taking baby steps. But uh, no, in reality, uh, I understand what you're saying. And there are, of course, there's still plenty of skeptics out there on, on the silver and black, but I do think they're they're getting some love. I do think that a lot of folks are talking about them. And really, especially last week, a lot of folks were talking about it because they were the only team that was actually in training camp. So all eyes were on the Raiders. That's why everybody, every national media outlet was being represented. Matter of fact, Omar Ruiz uh, was was at the practice today. And Omar's a good friend of the show. Uh, Actually, I tried to get him on the show today, but he's actually on a flight right now. I mean, his flight is taking off right now. So we tried to work it out so he could could join the show, but he'll get us next time. But, yeah, there's been a lot of national media showing up. I mean, whether it's Steve Weiss from NFL Network, if it's Omar Ruiz showed up today, Josina Anderson was there on Friday, Peter King was there on Saturday. I mean, these guys are just rolling in, rolling in, rolling in. So at the very end of the day, if they're not talking about the Raiders, they're at least got eyeballs on the Raiders. (laughs) <laughs> that that's a fact. Now, as far as Darren Waller and Foster Moreau goes, and I've said this for a long time. Uh, one, I like your thought on Foster Moreau, and we have seen a lot of two tight end sets from a Josh McDaniels led offense. So I could totally see Foster Moreau uh, having a big season, and and uh, you know having a better season than he had even a year ago. Uh, and I don't know how much we're going to learn about him when the pads come on, but I, I do think that we'll you know we'll we'll see him have a really good season alongside Darren Waller. I've said this from day one when it came to Darren Waller in this situation in his contract. I felt like that the team was going to get something done, I thought, before training camp. But I really feel like they're working to a common goal. I, I really do. And this is just a gut feeling, but I think that they're working towards a common goal and, and they're going to get something taken care of. Darren has been too good of a soldier. And I hate to put it like that because I know he's not out there fighting war or anything like that and there's nothing to play around with. But he has been a good teammate. He has been a good – you know, like he's been doing things all the right way. And I feel like when you go out and do things the right way, more times than not, good things will happen to you. Sometimes you can do things the right way and you're just SOL, right? You're just in that position where it's just not going to happen, no matter how good you try to do things. But more, more times than not, I believe if you do things the right way, the, 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 what you need and what you're looking for and what you're seeking will come your way. And I think that quietly behind the scenes, the way it should be done, Darren Waller's people and the Raiders are working on the same common goal. I do believe that. I don't think that they're going to come up with something and have to put a clause in his contract to say he has to study because he's, he's out there putting in the work. I don't think that they're going to have to put a clause in his contract and say, hey, you can only do music for this many hours and then focus back on work. I don't think they to have to do that. Nobody on the Raiders or team strikes me as that guy that they have to put some kind of weird clause in his contract to get him to work like the Cardinals do with Kyler Murray, which still blows my mind thinking about this even 24 hours later it still blows my mind that that's even a deal see now I mean, they got
2: him is. looking lazy it's such a bad clause to put into the contract
1: now, well like, i like mean like you, you
2: said now people have uh, now people have like the ammunition to say hey man nobody on this team needs right. to put that it's like come on they really well got look him looking i'll bad. say this
1: <laughs> the first time that kyler goes out there and has a three three interception performance you know what they're gonna say he's been on the video games all week he had a bad performance. I bet you he was on the video games. It wasn't working. You know what I, I didn't realize, but I was listening to ESPN Las Vegas this morning, our sister station, and they had um, Charles uh, Fourverts. Uh, I forget Charles it. McDonald. Charles, Thank you. Charles McDonald. And he was talking, and he said, if you go back and look in the history of Kyler Murray and his stats, every time a Call of Duty comes out, that week he has a bad game. I didn't realize that, but if you go back and look, it's true.
2: Yeah, I saw the. There was like an actual graph made and put on Twitter, like an X and Y axis, like someone you know charted this out. Isn't that
1: embarrassing? (laughs) I mean, seriously, isn't that embarrassing? I would need to know some more factors. Can we? uh, we Uh, Do we need any more factors? I mean, every time a Call of Duty comes out, he has a bad game, meaning he's probably sat up all night long playing video games. That's like James Harden in the strip club, right? <laughs> Every time there's supposed to be a big, a big uh, game and he goes to the strip club and performs in the club, not the game, he has a bad game. Or he fails his team when they need him the most. I mean, there's certain things that just, again, you shouldn't have to be told to do your job. I know that you do. I know people have to do it all the time. I know that Bill Belichick made a big deal. Just do your job. But – Nobody should actually have to put into anyone's contract that you have to do your job to a certain extent. Like, you have to put this much time in. And obviously the team put that out there. I mean, that's obviously, you know, uh, it's, it was so funny. I was thinking about it earlier today. I was like, okay, who, who put that out there? And at first I thought, you know, the agent did to, to say, look how my, how my, my player is being disrespected by the team. And then I thought, no, that's dumb. It wasn't the agent. It was the team. The team obviously put it out to say, hey, this is what we're dealing with on this side. We're dealing with an immature kid who's been entitled his whole life, and he has. I can tell you all the issues that he had at Texas A&M and, and the whole thing leading up to Texas A&M. I can tell you that whole, how that whole scenario shook out. Is he a great player? Sure. But, you know, Keyshawn Johnson, he mentioned it before when they were doing that top ten quarterback list. He said, I wouldn't put him out there. I wouldn't want to be a wide receiver that had to play with that guy where I'm running my route, and then I look up, and i got to run – for another eight seconds to a, a, a scramble drill because this guy's running around in the backfield just trying to play backyard uh, football. It don't work that way. That's a that's Keyshawn Johnson who you know obviously been there done that and I know everyone's like oh it's just an old wide receiver he's not he doesn't know this that and the other no I mean he's got he's got he's got a point. So obviously you know you really I got to give Kyler Murray a lot more credit than than we even give him because think about this if he's getting it done and he's not really working hard. Can you imagine how good he could be if he is working hard? <laughs> could you imagine that? Obviously, he's got a lot more that he can show and do if he actually put in the work. So, there you go. Uh, got a text from Glenn in San Jose. What up, Q? What up, Damon? Never heard of the new play-by-play guy. Wonder what his touchdown call is going to be. That's from Glenn in San Jose. That's a great question. I have no idea. I have no idea what his, his touchdown will be. Uh, But, you know, as JT pointed out in his interview, he said, hey, he's he gets to be the first person to call Adams to Carr as a touchdown pass. Right. I mean, think about that. The very first car to Adams touchdown pass will be called by uh, Jason Horowitz. And so he'll get he'll get that nod. So that's that's kind of cool. That's something to look forward to uh, if you're him. Obviously, uh, going into this season. With all the firepower that the team has and all the, I mean, the, my expectations for the offense are going to be fantastic. He should get some really good calls in. <laughs> you know what I mean? He should get multiple opportunities to have some really good calls. So that that should be fun for him. I'm sure it's something he's excited about. Again, if you missed that interview with JT the Brick, it actually started off unnecessary roughness for the, about the first 20 minutes of the show. Uh, you could definitely go back and uh, check it out, uh, lvsportsnetwork.com. 702-365-9200. That is the Radio Nation listener line. Who do we got up next, Damon? Shields up. Shields up! Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
3: How you doing, Q? Uh,
1: I'm blessed, man. How are you?
3: Pretty good. Thank you for asking. Um, I'm going to go with Leatherwood. Ooh, I believe okay. you're, look, you're looking for uh, progress or well, the spotlight's going to be on. That's the topic you're talking about, right?
1: Yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah, I'm going with Leatherwood, especially with um, the impending I think Denzel Good retirement. I think um it's all on him now. I think he's going to – it's the same thing with Miller. Miller had a tough first year, worked through injuries, played through injuries. But I think um, he's going uh, to make it through, and Leatherwood's going to come on top and uh, be the first-round pick player that um, he was chosen to be. And as far as the Waller thing, I know a lot of people are worried and everything, but we still got to go through roster cuts. Yeah. There's still going to be freed up money. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. again, everybody should just <laughs> calm down. He's gonna be um, he's gonna be with us for a while, and that. But Moreau is is the uh, is the uh, uh, the dark horse.
1: Okay. And in, in
3: that whole set, I think. What do you think, Q?
1: I like it. I like it. And again, I mean, we go back to two tight end sets that they had in New England, and I know that everything's not going to be you know carbon copy of what was going on in New England, but there's tendencies. Regardless who you are, you have tendencies just based off the history of things you've done. So I can see that, and it's so funny. Uh, now that you said Foster, i got to remember his name is Moro, not Moreau. i got to remember to say that. I don't want to be disrespectful. Uh, even though he said he doesn't care, it's just, you know, it's it's not good for us to be saying his name wrong. So Foster Moro. Uh, yeah, I think he'll have – I think he has a chance to have a, a big-time year, especially if – as long as Darren's healthy as well. Let's put it like this. What I learned last year about Foster is I don't think he's a – number one tight end I don't think that there was ever any question about that but if he is a number two tight end with a guy like Darren Waller I think he could be really good you know because obviously folks aren't going to be locked in on him as much and I mean it's just it, it's, it goes back to everything we've been saying about Devontae Adams Waller's going to be that much better because Adams is out there Renfro's going to be that much better because Waller and Adams is out there so how much better is Foster going to be Right? I mean, that, I just think that that's a win-win right there for Foster. If you're, if you're Foster going into a contract year, you're just, man, you're licking your chops. You're like, oh, yeah, I, I, got, I got something big coming, you know, and, and he, he's got a really good attitude. You know, he always provides a lot of uh, in, information and detail whenever we get to meet with him. So, yeah, I think he's got a big-time opportunity also to have a big year. Look, I've said it before. Rod Woodson said it. The Hall of Famer said it yesterday here on the show. This offense is not going to be the concern. Now, obviously, you know, we're all paying attention to the offensive line to see how it comes together. I think the offense is going to be just fine. The deciding factor for this team is definitely going to be the defense. Can they take a step forward from what they did last year? And and if they can, how much? How much of a a step forward? Saw a couple interceptions today during practice. Saw a couple over the weekend. I mean, you're starting to see guys make plays. You know, and again, it's no pads, so don't take it too too seriously. Take it with a grain of salt, but – so these guys get in the habit now of making plays, guess what they're going to do during the regular season? They're going to make plays. One drill that I saw today that I thought was great to see, and I don't think there's any problem with me talking about it, is just a ball security drill. You know, I mean, everybody that's going to ever have their hands on a ball was going through a big-time, I mean, intense ball security drill that I thought was fantastic. It, it serves two purposes. It serves the purpose for the defenders to continue to, to practice that knocking the ball out of out of uh, uh, offensive players' hands, and then it also it works on the ball security of the offensive player to make sure that they wrap up and know that, hey, d- defenders are coming for that ball. So I thought that that was really good, and it's something that I hadn't seen out at practice. And I'm not saying that we got to see everything at practice under the old regime, but it was something that I don't remember seeing from the old regime, but – Maybe they were doing similar drills, but this one I thought was pretty, pretty intense and pretty spot on with what they should be doing. So that, uh, that was one of my takeaways from practice today. Um, let's see. We got a text from the 408 going back to the conversation I was having about Kyler Murray. Okay, Q, but if we didn't have Carr, would you take him? Look, I, I've been on the record, man. I've been on the record. Thank you for the text. I've been on the record since he was coming out of school. That One, I thought he was going to go play baseball. I didn't think he was going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, and I was wrong with that. But I did say that he has been a winner no matter where he's gone. That's the one thing I can tell you. He's been a winner wherever he's gone. Again, I can go back to Allen High School, watch them and cover them. I can go back to Texas A&M. Now, there was issues there, and that's what I tried to highlight. There were some real issues, and a lot of it had to do with his daddy when he got to Texas A&M and the issues that he had and why he ended up uh, deciding to leave and transfer and go to Oklahoma as he was battling it out with Kyle Allen, uh, a guy that also ended up transferring. I mean, Texas A&M became a mess because of all the promises that were made and all the different people in the background that were trying to strong arm Kevin Sumlin, who was the head coach, who was really good at recruiting but wasn't very good at coaching. He just wasn't that guy. But he went to Oklahoma, got with uh, Lincoln Riley, and did some great things, right? became the number one overall pick. So – Oh uh, yeah, he's 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 a winner, and and my biggest point on Kyler Murray is. Think about again how good he is right now. The fact that the Cardinals gave him 160 million guaranteed to be their starting quarterback. Could you imagine if you didn't have to tell him to work hard, and he just did it himself? That's what I'm saying. Could you imagine how he would take his how his game, how much better it could be if he just put a little bit of extra work in, or hell, I. talented at anything, so I got to work really, really hard to be good at something. Certain guys just do everything naturally, so they don't have to work very hard. But if those guys that have that natural ability go and work as hard as the guys like me that have to work that hard, that's how much better they can be. That's that's my point. I'm not saying Kyler Murray's not good. I think he's great, but he could be even better. And maybe instead of having a second half of the season collapse, maybe he would go throughout the whole course of the season and be really good maybe the last performance we saw from him wouldn't have been a bad performance in a playoff game. I mean, literally think about this. The last game we saw from Kyler Murray was a terrible playoff performance and then a ransom note being thrown out there by his agent saying that he needs to get paid. Like those are two sequences that shouldn't happen. You should have the ransom note once you come off a big-time game or maybe a a Super Bowl victory or, you know, a real deep playoff run. Hey, man, you got to pay me. Pay me my money. But not after a terrible performance. That's what happened. That's the last time we see Kyler Murray. So now the team has put it out there that he doesn't work as hard as they'd like. So now they have the right, and they're going to have the right to go back and reference that every time he goes out there, and it might not even be his fault why they lose or have a bad game. Look, Cliff Kingsbury, I like to question him too.
2: Exactly.
1: I like to – hey, man, let's let's not – I won't even stop there. Steve Kime, the GM, I like to question him. He got paid and extended this season. Cliff Kingsbury got paid and extended this offseason. Kyler Murray's been paid and extended this offseason. When it's all said and done, the Cardinals might look back and be like, man, we blew it on all three of those guys. <laughs> I mean, when it's all said and done, you just don't know. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm not taking anything away from Kyler Murray's talent. I just think that if a team has to put that clause into your contract, there's, there's, there's something going on that probably shouldn't be going on because that is your job is to be prepared. I mean, when a guy says, I don't watch film, that's eh, kind of a problem in a business where you need to be watching film. He's never said that he didn't watch film. The hell he hasn't. He said he's not a film guy. Exactly. It doesn't exactly. mean that he's not working hard, though. It does mean he's not working hard. That's part of your job. That absolutely means you're not you working don't, hard.
2: You don't get to be this good in the NFL just off talent alone.
1: Look, dude. Look, dude. There's guys that that do that, just that, are super talented, and they're and that they, what they roll with. I'm not, I'm not putting words in his mouth. He said it. I'm not a film guy. Why do you think that they have four hours of film work that they want him to do on his own? Because he doesn't do it. I'm not mad at the dude for being super talented. That's God-given ability. There's, I, I, could tell, I could take it to another step, LeBron. Uh, LeBron uh, DeMond, you're a big basketball fan, right? LeBron was the same way. When he first came into the league, he was fantastic. When he got humbled in Miami, what did he do? What did he say he did? went to the lab and worked harder and to continue to grind because Dallas Dallas humbled him. So he went and worked harder. Many will argue he's the greatest basketball player of all time. Everyone can get better. There's not one swinging D on this earth that can't get better at what they do. I don't care how talented you are. There's not one dude. Not one. Even in your world of wrestling, there's not one that can't work harder and be better. And I'm sure you've seen some Ultra uber talented dudes that just got, got by because they were really that talented. Where a guy like you probably had to work a lot harder.
2: Very true, but I just think that this whole team thing, this whole clause that since it got out, where it's the Brian Windhurst like just pondering for a minute, why? Why did this get out? Why does this need to be out? The
1: only reason it's out is because they wanted it out. Things don't get out like that if they didn't want it's, it out.
2: I just think that the team is going out of their way to unnecessarily slander their best player
1: okay so ask yourself this dumb question why would a team do that unless it was a problem
2: well they obviously think it's a problem but then for me <laughs> well, get rid of them then. if
1: it's that big of a problem exactly that's what I'm. but that's how desperate they are for a quarterback just like there's a problem going on in cleveland and they gave a quarterback 230 million dollars and he had about 25 problems that came along with it so they're desperate for a quarterback look where they were before kyler look where they're at now
2: I think that's just maybe this is the I'm not saying to me right. That siding, siding with Kyler of, man, I'm the best thing that's ever happened to this franchise, Right. basically, in, the, in this, no, in you're this right. whole
1: century. That's what I'm saying. And y'all we're, saying I don't work hard enough. We're saying the same thing. It's just I understand where they're coming from if a guy's not working hard enough. I mean, if he was, they wouldn't have put that out there. There's no way they would have put that out there if he was working as hard as he needs to or they think he needs to. He might be working as hard as he thinks he needs to. But they don't, obviously, or else that wouldn't be there. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm saying that there's a problem. And, again, I'm with you. Hell, maybe the Cardinals don't want him. But, obviously, they do, or else they wouldn't assign him to a contract. But they have the ability to void $100 million in that contract if he doesn't live up to his end of the bargain. Now, you tell me, you tell me one quarterback that has that in their contract. And I don't know all these other guys' contract, but that's hard for me to believe that other con- starting quarterbacks in the league have that in their contract.
2: You're right. Nobody has it. You even mentioned Deshaun Watson. Fully guaranteed. Right. Where it's a real indictment on Kyler Murray to where you can be a pro bowler, you can lead the team to the playoffs. And it's still like, hey, man, we, not that they want more out of you. They just don't like how you're going
1: about it. Yeah. And, I, and you know what makes this even worse? The, whole, the worst out of this whole scenario, I feel bad for Lamar Jackson. Cause he's sitting back and he ain't done a damn thing, <laughs> wrong, right? I mean, he ain't done nothing but exactly what the team asked him to do, and and all he's doing is getting slandered about how he can't play quarterback, right? I don't, I mean, and we tried to get Mike Sando on the show. Mike Sando has the piece out where he has quarterbacks tiered, where a defensive coordinator had the gall and the stones to say this guy could win an MVP twelve times. It wouldn't be a number one quarterback. You're right. He wouldn't be a number one quarterback. He'd be the greatest of all time, if he won MVP twelve times. He'd be the greatest quarterback of all time.
2: It's one of those quotes where you say this I don't like it's obviously anonymous, gotta protect your sources, but this guy's an idiot.
1: You yeah, and you know what? I, I, I don't think in that scenario, if you have the stones to say that he wouldn't be a number one quarterback even if he won twelve MVPs, you should not be anonymous. You should just come out and say, Hey, my name is Keon Myers and I said it. Right? I mean that's that's what that's what should happen. Well, you should have to you should have to put you should have to put your name on something stupid like that, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, because that's just ignorant. If anyone, Demond, if you won twelve time MVP in anything, you are the greatest in my opinion. At that,
2: exactly. Like I like championships are out the window at that point because it, it'd be like let's say if he just threw twelve seasons of fifty plus touchdowns. Yeah, he's still not the greatest in my book. You know, only went to one Super Bowl. Who cares at that point?
1: Twelve time MVP is. I mean, again, and I'm sure that this. Whoever said it, whatever defensive coordinator said it, I'm sure that they put extras on it. But even to fix your face to say something like that is just completely ignorant. So Lamar Jackson is representing himself with the help of his mother to get a contract deal done. These other guys are getting money thrown at them, but then you see guys that have to have clauses in their contract, and then you see other guys that have to pay off these different folks that are suing them civilly, you know, not saying he's guilty, but still has to pay off all this money just to get their name away from his. Right, they got all this other stuff going on, and Lamar's just handling his business, doing his own thing, and still has to, still has to put up with the BS. Right, the guy. I mean, just like when we broke down the top ten quarterback list, like he's not a top ten quarterback. Get out of here.
2: And it's all because he's fast. Or if he was moderately, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If he was moderately just deceptively fast, it'd be, oh man, that's an extra element to his game.
1: Literally. And, and this is in Mike Santos piece too and we'll get him on at some point to talk about it if we can get him on you know within the next few days or so they that, this that, that same article talks about Patrick Mahomes and says if you take away his first read he's not that good he just turns into a backyard uh scrambling guy like are you serious so in my opinion just my opinion I'm not trying to force this on anyone whoever or whoever the the people the person or people who decided to talk about these tiers of quarterbacks and give their thoughts on these quarterbacks don't like the way that the quarterback position is being played by certain quarterbacks in the league. I mean, it's just bottom line. If you single out Lamar and say he could be a 12-time MVP and he wouldn't be a number one quarterback, that's stupid and ignorant. If you think that Patrick Mahomes is not great after his first read, that's stupid and ignorant. That just means that you don't like the way that these guys play the game. So if that's the case, just say, I don't like those guys. That's okay. I respect that more, even if you're wrong. Like, hey, I don't – Lamar's not a number one quarterback because I don't like him. Okay, fine. I respect you at least being honest. Don't say he could be a 12-time MVP and he wouldn't be a number one. Or Patrick Mahomes, you take away his first read and he's not, he, he's not even that good. Get out of here. Get the hell out of here. Kick rocks. Kick rocks with gasoline draws on. I don't know what else I can add to that, so <laughs> – so I won't. 326 at the time. Thank you for the TED Talk today. No, 326 at the time. When we come back, my guy, James Arcelana, is going to join the show talking all things silver and black. He got everything started with Black Hole Banter. It was the first podcast I was there a part of. Very proud to have my tag team partner, my original tag team partner, on the show. And we'll do it next here on Raider Nation Radio, 920. What does it mean to be a Raider? What to you? What does it mean to be a Raider? Man,
3: being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the just the jersey or just the just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about it's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about. Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: Here's your boy Q.
1: My guy Aaron hit me up on a. Uh... Twitter, Aaron Bernal hit up myself and Raider Nation Radio 920 at RNR 920 AM. Said my person to watch is Lester Cotton. His name has been mentioned a lot this week, and I'm curious to see if he really has taken that next step to be a starter on this team, especially with the loss of Good. And that's in uh, that's in response to me throwing out the question of. Who are you going to be paying attention about? Who do you think you'll learn the most about when the pads come on Tuesday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center? So you can keep those uh, responses coming in at 69187, keyword R&R. You can always hit us up on Twitter, at your boy Q254, at DeMond underscore the boss, at R&R 920 AM. Right now, though, joining us on the phone lines is is my buddy, my friend, my good friend, as a matter of fact, James Arcelana, the guy who created Black Hole Banter, where I really got to start as far as Raider content goes. And uh, I thank you so much for uh, joining us, James. And um, first of all, off top, man, how how have you been?
4: Man, first of all, honor and pleasure is mine. I really appreciate you guys having me on. And and I've been good, man. It's hard not to be feeling good after the offseason the Raiders have had so far.
1: That's exactly why I wanted to have you on because I wanted to know where you were as far as your expectations level go, uh, as far as your excitement level. With all the moving and shaking that's going on, the new regime is now in, and, and it looks like the team has a, a lot of talent on the roster. And something that you used to always say on the podcast is all you care about is having a puncher's chance in these games. It looks like in the AFC West the Raiders have more than a puncher's chance.
4: Absolutely, and I think you know we saw a little bit of what that puncher's chance can do for us last year when it looked, for all intents and purposes, like the Raiders were out of the playoff race. But they had just enough firepower power to, to sneak in at the end. Now, obviously, we we're likely to see them go a little bit further in the in the playoffs than they did. But now it's starting to look like they got enough fire firepower to have that puncher's chance in the playoffs too. I mean, you're talking about adding two guys, and Q, you talked about this on the on the podcast a lot. The Raiders have been lacking elite playmakers, elite talent for years. They added two elite players this offseason in Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams. Not many teams get to that add one elite player, let alone two in one offseason.
1: Right, exactly, and, and with, let's stick with the offense right now. I'll just talk about Devonte Adams with Derek Carr. You know what he brings to the table as a quarterback. Devonte Adams, number one quarter, uh, number one wide receiver in the league. How much do you think Josh McDaniels could be the difference makers to help the the Raiders get over the hump and and, and succeed in the red zone instead of kicking his main field goals now scoring touchdowns.
4: Oh, I mean, it's huge. As much as I love the signings of or the trade for Adams and the signing of Jones and other moves they made, hands down the biggest move the Raiders made in the offseason as far as offense goes is getting a play caller like Josh McDaniels. You know, say what you want about his experience as a head coach when he was in Denver. We all know there are some issues there, and, and hopefully he's learned and improved from that. But you cannot take away from him his ability as a play caller, his ability as a, as a game designer. The things that he did in New England – will forever be impressive to me, not just because of success, but because of how he game plan differently for every team. It's something that people, you know, always talk about as being the, the smart way about to go about things, but doesn't always happen, right? You see all the time coordinators who are stubborn and they want to run their scheme. They want to do what they like and what they think is appropriate with a guy like McDaniel, it's the polar opposite, he's going to adjust his scheme to whoever they're playing that week. And that kind of forward thinking and that kind of game planning is going to be crucial to the success of a team like this in in the current ages of football. So, you know, all due respect to the other play callers the Raiders have had over the years. This is a whole new thing with Josh McDaniel. So, you know, we'll see how we'll do as a as a head coach, but as a play caller, I'm extremely excited to see what he's going to do with the Raiders.
1: Talking right now with James Arcelana, the creator of Black Hole Banter, and uh, you can find him on Twitter at Oakland above all, he's with us here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. So as far as guys like Waller, guys like Renfro, even Josh Jacobs and the rest of that running back room, how much more open and more opportunity do you think they're gonna have now with the addition of Devontae Adams?
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's the one thing that we felt like the Raiders were missing after Henry Ruggs went down last year, it was that true number one wide receiver threat. You know, Renfro's great. We all love him. You know, we refer to him as the GOAT for a reason, but he is is a a specific kind of receiver, right? He's not an outside number one true uh, big playmaker guy. He's a slot receiver, and the Raiders are missing that compliment on the outside. They have an elite pass catcher at tight end, an elite pass catcher in the slot. Didn't have that on the outside, and now they do. And so, like you said, it's going to open up all kinds of opportunities in the run game, in the passing game, Um, all over the field, because when you have a guy who is that good, he's going to command a a ton of attention. In years past, all that attention went to Waller or went to to Renfro when Waller was out. Now you can't do that with one guy. There are too many weapons on the field to focus too much on one guy because the other one's going to burn you. So what I think we're going to see is we're going to see certain defensive coordinators choose their poison, right? They're going to say, okay, we're not going to let Adams beat us today. Fine, we'll beat you with Jacobs, we'll beat you with Renfro, we'll beat you with Waller. You know, you have all these other weapons, and that doesn't even mention guys like Kenyon Drake, who I think could have a big season with this with this leadership. Um, you know, and so that's what it does. You can no longer target the best playmaker on the Raiders and take them out of the game. It's just not feasible because there's too many other playmakers to account for.
2: Yeah, James, you kind of touched on my question there a little bit. With all of these playmakers, especially on the receiving, how it's going to open up some of the running game, but how do you expect the load to be handled with all of the running backs in the running back room?
4: Yeah, I think it's going to be spread out a lot. Um, You know, I I get why a lot of people assume Jacob is going to be the bell cow. He's the most talented running back on that roster. I think that's, that's an easy statement to make. But that's not the style of Josh McDaniels. That's not how he did things in New England. If you look at how they ran things the past couple of years, they've been zigging while the rest of the NFL has been zagging. They have been running heavily, both in terms of the the number of runs a game and also in terms of of how they are, you know, the success they're seeing, right? They were a top-ten running team last year with a bunch of no-name running backs. And so, you know, I think that's part of how they do it, is it's attacked by a million paper cuts. When you have Mm -hmm. all these different running backs with different kinds of talents being put on the field, it's hard as a defense to kind of, again, hone in on one style or one type of thing. You've got to look, all right, who's in the backfield? Okay, is that one of their pass catchers or one of their runners? You know, who am I looking at this time when you have a room full of so many running backs? And so I think we're going to see the load spread a lot, fairly evenly amongst all the backs. But at the end of the day, I think we're going to end up seeing Jacobs have one of his best years because of that, because he's going to be able to stay healthy and stay fresh, not having to bear the burden of of the major load.
1: Talking right now with James Arcelana here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Defensively, Max Crosby, he gets the contract extension. Uh, It's the first time in a long time that a a homegrown player for the Raiders gets a contract extension. Uh, What are your thoughts on Max Crosby this upcoming year, what he can do, especially being teamed up with Chandler Jones?
4: I mean, the sky is the limit for him, right? I mean, it, in year one, we saw him just come out of the gates incredibly well, incredibly impressive. Took a little bit of a step back in year two, but then we understood why. We understood right. the things that were going on in his life, the things that outside of football that had an impact. But what's impressive is that those things outside of football didn't take him out of football, right? He persevered, mm-hmm. he fought through those issues, and now he's back. And I really believe he's going to have one hell of a year, I, I, I think, you know, again, all due respect to, to Yannick who who is a wonderful person to have across from him, he's not Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones is an absolute monster. And when you have, again, two monsters on either side of the line that uh, that offensive lines need to account for, that's an impossible task, right? right? And and Yannick was great, but he's not Chandler Jones. Now they've got to deal with with true, true elite top-tier talent on both ends of the line. That's a scary proposition for offensive line.
1: So now still looking at the defense, is there an area of the team that you are concerned about and that we might learn a lot more about starting tomorrow when the pads come on? Yes,
4: yeah, so, I mean, it has to be the secondary, right? Um, if you're looking through the secondary, I think the only name that kind of stands out, at least for me as someone who I'm really excited for and I think could be, you know, huge is, is Trayvon Merig. We saw him do incredibly well as a rookie last year. I think he's going to continue to progress and become an even better player this year. Around the rest of the secondary, it's a whole lot of question marks, right? right. Can Jonathan Abram finally live up to his draft status? Was Rocky Upton worth the worth the trade? Can Mullen stay healthy? It, you know, oh, I, I'm sorry. Wow, major brain fart. I forgot about Nate Hobbs, another guy who <laughs> I'm very excited about, and I forgot about because he's the one position that we feel very comfortable right. with. As squad right. corner. so he's going to be great, obviously. But the other corners and then the other safety position – um you know, I don't want to say I'm worried, but I don't know what to expect out of it. And, and it is, in my opinion, the clear hole on that defense.
2: Yeah, James, with the addition of Patrick Graham now leading this defense, what area, what area on the field or which group do you expect to benefit the most from Patrick Graham? Mm.
4: I, I think everyone, to be honest, because Graham has a very similar philosophy to what I was talking about with McDaniels, right? He is not a square peg in a round hole guy. He's not going to force his players to do things that they are not good at. He is going to be adjusting his scheme and his game plan week to week based on what his players do well. And he has already started to bring in some guys. Like I think the move to bring in Chandler Jones and, and uh, ship out Yannick was a reflection of the types of things he likes to do. So he is obviously going to get in guys who fit his system. But I gotta be honest, I think it's gonna benefit everyone because he's gonna find ways for it to benefit everyone. Um and you know, I'm saying this a lot, all due respect to Um, to to last year's defense and and how much of an improvement it showed. Um, But it was a limited defense, right, because it was a very stuck in the mud, only going to do one thing, we're a cover three defense, and that's who we are. Um, This year, that's not who they are, right? They're going to be a different defense depending on who they're facing. And, again, that poses major problems for other offenses and gives opportunities to Raiders players to find success in the different areas that they're good at.
1: No doubt about it. Again, we're talking with James Arcelana right now on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. James was my tag team partner. We got the black hole banter going the podcast. It was killer, man. Ran for a long time. Uh, really got me started. And so I definitely always uh, appreciate James. Before we let you go, I want to take a look at the offensive line real quick. You talked about Jonathan Abram living up to the billion as a you know first-round draft pick. Well, Alex Leatherwood, you know he's got a whole year of experience under his belt. What do you expect to see from uh, the second-year guy? Do you expect to see him at tackle or guard?
4: You know, I would have expected him to see at to see him at tackle prior to the Denzel good retirement, and now I'm not as sure. You know, I think okay. given where they took him in the first round last year, my thought process coming into it is you have to see if he can he can play that right tackle position. You invest a lot in him. He's still young with potential. You gotta see if you can get the most out of him at right tackle. But now it's kind of a it's a tough situation and if you look at who's available in free agency, there's not great options at guard, but there's a couple of tackles. Now they're not great or anything, right? It's Eric Fisher and Dwayne Brown, but they're veterans who've been around a while who can come in and, and, and know how to be a starter in the league. And so if you are going to look to upgrade your offensive line before the season starts, I think it happens at tackle. And if that's the case, I think you've got to bump Leatherwood and see what you can get out of him from guard.
1: Mm, so no, that, my that guess sense. is that
4: he's going to end up playing, playing guard this year.
1: No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I hadn't thought about it like that. And, uh, you know, pads come on tomorrow. Uh, how long do you think this regime will wait to kind of see, okay, this is what we have and this is what we need to do? Like I, I've been saying I feel like a couple days, a couple practices, padded practices to, to before they make a move outside of the organization to bring someone in. How long do you think it would take if they do decide to go outside the building?
4: You know, I I think it kind of depends on how players show up, right? Because if it happens quickly, like you said, that's a pretty bad sign, right? They know right away that this is a big issue that we're not prepared for. If it takes a little while, then maybe we start to feel a little bit more comfortable with the situation because they don't feel as urgent with it, right? Because the team has the cap space. These guys have been sitting out here on on the bench waiting to be signed for a while. They're not going to cost a lot, right? The Raiders can get them in if they wanted to. And so it's about whether or not they want to, and, and I personally think that they'll probably make it to the Hall of Fame game before they make that decision. Um, but I could see them coming in after, you know, a couple of days of Patrick action, saying, all right, this isn't it. We've <laughs> we got to do right. something now. Um, I also don't know how much they expected Good to retire. You know, there may have been signs and may have been aware that this was coming. And if so, maybe it's not having them freak out the way it's having a lot of us freak out because we didn't know it was coming. So, right. you know, it's hard to know.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great point, and uh, that's why we go to you because uh, you always are, are thinking a little bit better than I'm even thinking. So uh, we always <laughs> we always appreciate to pick your brain. Well, James, what you got uh, what you got going on, man? That uh, I need to be on the lookout for. What you working on these days?
4: Oh man, nothing really. Just kind of enjoying life as a fan. No longer doing the blog or the podcast. Nice. Um, you know, I, people heard that we we jumped on some spaces last year to talk Raiders. I'll probably end up doing some of that stuff this year and. Um, I'm going to get back to doing my draft guide uh, next offseason. We took a break from it this offseason because of the Devontae Adams trade. Got rid of a lot of our draft capital, but right. other than that, man, I'm just on on Twitter like other fans, making sure everyone hears my opinions on the Raiders. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. What about what about cooking? Are you still working on the the cooking stuff that you were doing?
4: Oh man, I'm cooking all the time. That's 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 basically like 90 percent of what I do in my free time is cook. I don't <laughs> I don't run a blog as much anymore, but I'm always talking food and and sharing recipes and talking about how to cook and stuff online. So that's, you know, you look at my Twitter handle, it's basically Raiders and Food.
1: Nice. <laughs> hey, you can't go wrong, man. Raiders and Food, I like you. Good stuff. Well, James, Thanks thank sir. you so much, man, for your time. It's always good to catch up to you. Uh, we got to have to do it again soon.
4: Absolutely. appreciate you guys giving me the time.
1: Absolutely, there he goes, James Arcelana My brother from another mother right there uh, that's, that's my Oakland homeboy right there Man, I'm telling you, uh, the guy I met on Twitter And we started a podcast together And let that thing run for some years man. I don't know how many seasons we ran it But uh, we ran it for quite a while, it got me started uh, Before I even started doing the Lockdown Raiders podcast I was doing the Black Hole Banner podcast So many thanks to James for allowing me to join him On that platform And uh, great to share the airwaves with him this afternoon 3.46 is the time, got a lot of text messages to get to But we'd like to get your calls in as well 702-365-9200. The pads come on tomorrow. So who's somebody that you want to learn a lot about? Who's someone that you think we might learn about? A sleeper player or maybe even a position group? Let us know about it. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.
2: Welcome
0: back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy, Q.
1: Many thanks again to my guy, James Arcelana, who joined us in the last segment to talk All things silver and black. And just talk about his excitement level for this team this upcoming year. And I think a lot of Raider Nation is just like James. Very excited. Hell, I'm very excited. I'm very excited just to kind of cover this team every step of the way throughout the course of the season and see where it takes us. Right? Because none of us know. None of us know where it's going to take us. But, man, what an adventure. What a roller coaster to be on. Why not? You're on the Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, Trayvon Merrick, Josh McDaniels. I mean, you're on that. That roller coaster, it's going to be fun. It really is. I can't wait. And, and to know that this is kind of what we do on the daily, yeah, it's great. There's going to be ups and downs, of course. There's going to be happy times. There's going to be angry times. But it's all part of it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Jason and Maryland hit us up on, on uh, the Salmon Ash text line. He does that quite a bit, which we definitely appreciate. So thank you, Jason. He said, I disagree with your guy. I think they keep Leatherwood at tackle mainly because you have additional guards on the roster, and it's easier to find bad plug in uh, to find a a plug in at guard than it is at tackle. And you know, it's it's funny. And thank you, Jason, for that text. I was kind of surprised when James said that he thought Leatherwood was going to end up playing guard. I was very surprised. I, I I'm kind of with with Jason where I think that he could play the tackle position. I think it's interesting, you know, James' theory on that. And so that's why I thought, okay, well, hey, that's you know. That's why we have you on to to talk about you know to give your thoughts because just because it's my thoughts don't mean that that I'm right, but I'm I'm with I'm with Jason. I kind of felt like the the tackle position would would be ideally where you want Leatherwood to be, and I think that James was kind of alluding to that as well. But uh, concerned that hey maybe maybe he needs to kick into guard, and you know you don't want to have a couple young guys at that spot. So I mean, it, you could look at both sides of the fence and understand. But yeah, I'm kind of with you, Jason, where I feel like there's probably a good chance that he's going to end up being that tackle and either a guy like Dylan Parham, the third-round pick out of Memphis, or maybe a Jermaine Illuminor, a guy we're not talking about, or a guy we've talked about a lot in Lester Cotton, which I don't want to continue to hype up too much because we haven't seen him yet in pads. But that will all change coming up tomorrow. So thank you so much for that uh, that text, my man. I do appreciate you. Uh, Got a text from the 707. Damon Arnett got arrested again. Yeah. I had that in my cover three notes that I was going to get to, and I, I really hate that, and thank you for the text. I hate that for Damon Arnett. I don't care about Damon Arnett, the football player. I just don't. I'm, I'm way over that. I care about Damon Arnett, the person, and every single time his name pops up, it's never good. You know, and it's, it's unfortunate. We see this more times than we don't. Too many guys that all of a sudden, I mean, hell, when he had football, he found ways to get in trouble. Now he doesn't have football. And he's really going to find his ways to get in trouble. I mean, if you read the story of him getting arrested uh, early this morning, the guy got two tickets. He got pulled over twice by the same police officers in Miami. First time he gets pulled over, uh, they, they say, hey, okay, here's, here's a ticket for driving without a license but or a suspended license, but your licensed passenger could go ahead and, and drive you home. Just don't be driving around in your car. Okay, no problem. So what does he do? He's driving around in the car. So literally, he, it's like me having a suspendo, Damon, and you're, you have to get in the car and drive because I can't. But the, the officers are going to let us go. They're, they're going to let us go, which they don't have to do. They could have towed the car. They could have done whatever they wanted to. They could have got super extreme. They didn't. Hey, man, okay, cool. You just go ahead and take it. You drive, and you don't drive. Okay, no problem. And then my dumb self deciding, hey, man, it's 2 in the morning. I know we've been partying. Let me start driving again. And then the cops see him again, the same cops, and pull him over. And this time, when they give him the citation and decide that they're going to arrest him for driving with a suspended license for the second time, then they go into his pockets and find a cocaine-like substance. So think about all the trouble he could have avoided if he had just allowed the guy who was supposed to be driving to keep on driving. But no, no, he's got those enablers around him. And that's, this is the point of what I got to say. He's got all these enablers around him that are telling him, go on, Damon, go on, Damon, you do it, you're all right, yeah, you're good, you're good, and he's believing the hype, and he's going to take the fall, and he's going to keep taking falls, and he's going to keep taking falls. I'm hoping, and I said this the last time he got arrested right here in Las Vegas, I hope at some point, before it's too late, somebody gets in this young man's ear and says, hey, dude, your football career is already a wrap, but you have a little bit of money. You got a little bit of signing bonus, you can still make something of yourself. Stop blanking up. Straight up, stop blanking up because that's exactly what you're doing. The problem is too many guys are hanging on to probably the last few dollars that he has, whatever the case may be, and they enjoy him blanking up because they're blanking up with him and they're having a good time. That's what sucks. And unfortunately, it sounds like Damon Arnett does not have somebody in his corner that can be honest with him and sit him down and say, hey, son, you are not doing what's right. You are about to blow not your football career. That's already done. You're about to blow life. That's what I'm afraid of. So, yeah, he got arrested again. It sucks, but that's just what it is. You know, I know a lot of fans are like, oh, he's terrible anyway. Terrible pick by Mayock and Gruden. That's fine. That's all fine and dandy. But I never root for someone to lose in life. I don't care about football. I mean, I am a man. He just was a bad pick. Wasn't a very good player. Simple. But I don't want him to lose in life, and that's exactly what he's doing. 3.57 is the time. We'll come back. We'll kick off hour number three of the show. Lincoln Kennedy, he's got a new play-by-play partner in Jason Horowitz. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about training camp, offensive line, and more. This is Nation Radio 920.